Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. For this launch, I hired the best launch company in North America. Why? Because I've done launches before and I've never seen the results that I wanted. So what can I do differently? Hire somebody who knows exactly what to do and get out of their way. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Thank you so much, Shayla, for joining me today. I really appreciate you and the mini bulls of Durham hanging out with me. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's been, when was, when did we do our, our it's been almost last? two years. It's been a minute. It's been a minute and a whole pandemic and a baby. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You've been busy. Um, so for people who are unfamiliar with Shayla, Shayla has been on the show before. She was in our first season. So shout out to the OGs, the uh, original guest here. And uh, she is back. She is still with the Bulls in Durham. And she has a lot of fun and exciting things to share about what she's been up to during the pandemic. Um, again, just to refresh your memory, Shayla uh, started the Bulls of Durham kind of as a passion project, just exploring Durham and putting the stories that she came across into a book. And that book and publishing company have grown to a community that really encompasses uh, all the beautiful things that make Durham the Bull City. Uh, so without further ado, I'd love to turn it over to Shayla and just kind of have you speak about what exciting things have been happening since we last spoke. Yeah, I think, well, I know that I found myself like many business owners having to pivot um, in the midst of COVID. And actually COVID hit at a time where it was like, well, what do I want to do with this company? Do I still want this company? Who do I serve? Um, I'm very community focused and very customer centric business owner. And so it's like, well, what do we have that's a value that is serving the community that we built? Because we have this large, robust community that is so fiercely loyal and loving that I have to warn people when they buy marketing packages with us. Like once we put our brand on it, you know, pun intended, it, it can get a little intense. Um, and I take that very seriously because, you know, people are putting a lot of their trust in me and this company to share their voice. And I don't take that lightly. Um, right as Rona hit, we did, we, um, hosted a fundraiser crowdsourcing endeavor for, um, the black farmers market. And we ended up, we launched it on Juneteenth, 2020, and we ended up, we have an eight-week campaign in our heads and in paper and all the places. And by day eight, we had met and exceeded our goal. And, you know, that's just proof of our community that we've built here and the power of collaboration. Um, and then since that time, within the first year of COVID, we 
crowdsourced over $50,000 for BIPOC businesses between um, helping Telegraph's food box buy a refrigerated truck, which I kept saying was the whole damn truck. They wanted a down payment. I said the whole damn truck. And again, that's just power of our community that we raised the $34,000 to purchase that for them. So seeing that where we aim our focus, our community follows, the herd follows us. And it's not, I think we're giving herd mentality a good name. So really looking at what do people ask of me over and over again? What do they need and why am I that go-to person? And how can we build that out as a sustainable company? Um, I've noticed a lot that we're kind of, kind of we're used as like, oh, that's, she's doing it. I should do it this way. So almost as a ruler. And if I'm going to be an example, I want to be a good example and I want to build a sustainable, scalable company that is a legacy company. It's not just, you know, it doesn't shut down um, because I'm gone or I'm sick or because I'm done with it. It's here. It's going to be in Europe for a minute. It's my legacy to the city and to my daughter. So from that vantage point and from what's going on in my inbox, my inbox is... You better be ready. It's like stretch and hydrate before opening my inbox. Um, people are wanting connection. They're wanting to our audience. We've talked for years about what does it actually look like um, to have to believe in equality? What does it believe look like to believe in equity? And how you spend your time and your money, that's your value statement. You can say this, that, and the other and run your mouth all day. But if 100% of your resources, the way that you spend money is going to white-owned businesses that's incongruent with building an equity, equitable future for all. So we've had those conversations and we've talked about what are the challenges to spending your money equitably and what does equality look like on your balance sheet. So we have those conversations and when someone's looking at every expense that they have and how can I spend that in a way that funds an equitable future? And the fact that we have like over 20,000 people thinking like that is just dope. Um, and now, so I get the email that looks like, do you know a black owned, queer owned barbershop on the east side of Durham? And it's like, well, not off the top of my head, but give me five and I'll reach out to our audience and we'll find you one. And that's how it works. But we need to take that from 100 emails a day that are coming at me and give people the ability to find that information on their own. So we are taking Gila and expanding and digitalizing me through a membership. And I'm pretty excited about that. And it's got two sides. The consumer side, it's free. You join if you love to support local businesses, get inside deals, get see who's hiring at equitable living wages. Um, see who's changing new locations, who's opening another, I'm from Wyoming, so originally, and it's still in my head, like, concept. If you're sitting in a place, is it a concept or is it a restaurant? But someone who's opening another restaurant concept will compromise there. Um, and all of those, that login will be there and a searchable directory of businesses that you can look. If you want to support Black-owned businesses, search through it. You want to support LGBTQIA plus businesses, go for it. So we're very, very excited about that. Um, and then on the business side, 
we it's for local, meaning the triangle. Like we all know I go hard for Durham, but we are part of a larger network here. And the health and vigor of our larger network does in fact translate into better things for Durham. So that was me having to tell myself that. Um, so it's any small business in the triangle, North Carolina, and um, we, we're going to do three things. We've actually brought our mission statement to life. I'm really passionate about that. So the Bulls of Durham connects small businesses to each other, opportunities, and our incredible audience. So we're very clear on that, and that's what this membership will do. Um, the connections will be done three ways. I don't know. If this is just how things are rolling, ways of three. So the business owners also have access to that searchable directory, and they can search on their own if they're looking for a certain type of collaboration. Their intake form and the dialogue that we will be having with them. So this isn't just like launch a membership, take your money, and yay. We're going to be in community the same way that we've been digitally. This is just a place that's our place. Um, like our digital cheers. And so our community manager will be playing matchmaker and saying, you know, so-and-so over here is looking for a place to brew this, your equipment. They're wondering if they can rent your equipment in the downtime. We know that you were looking for an alternative source of revenue to stabilize your um, billing and do matchmaking in those kinds of ways. So we're really looking forward to, we know all these details. We know the kids' names. I mean, we really, in this business we know our clients as human beings because they're our neighbors and so I'm excited to see you know just that magic of what does that do for revenue across the board in Durham when we're able to oh this is the need you have this is the need you have let's plug you in and then the final way is we're going to have designated spaces within the membership for very specific types of connections. So, for example, the farm-to-table room. Um, we still haven't picked the day of the week yet, but farmers will be able to share what produce they have, excess produce or whatever produce they have available. And restaurant owners will be able to share what they need, talk amongst yourselves, less produce going to waste, more revenue for both parties. So excited about those kinds of spaces that we've curated um, because I've learned uh, the very hard way what it's like to be a mom and an entrepreneur. We're also going to have a mompreneur space because those needs are in fact different. Um, you know, I can't come to work if I don't have a nanny. So, you know, having discussions about best practices and hiring nannies and what to do if one's got great overall and, but you've got this one thing. So, um, those are the three ways that they can connect to one another. And I think that that really, those are all meaningful and valuable connections. And if that's all that a person chose to get out of this membership, I think that they would more than pay for itself. I mean, we, right. we can uh, talk more to it, but I chose a very uh, approachable, affordable price point specifically. Uh, there's not a person that I have spoke to who hasn't told me that I'm way undervaluing this. It's not that I'm undervaluing it. It's, again, that equitable future for all. Mm -hmm. So whether you're the business owner who's been around doing this for 35 years and you've got 800 employees, or this is your side hustle, you still don't know how to file your LLC. Both have access. So, and, you can, and those collaborations, that's, again, you know, maybe you'll find your mentor in this group, so on and so forth. So um, definitely made it approachable. That's very important to me. 
And then the second one is opportunities. Um, had a great example of this this weekend to share or this week. I don't know what day it is. I just got back from our family trip, but I refuse to call a vacation. Um, I believe there's people out there who would know what a bad trip is. That's what this was. Um, traveling with a toddler across country, not recommended. Zero out of five stars. Um, opportunities that we'll have educational. And again, that comes down to three things. I'm not planning this. It's just happening. Um, so the educational opportunities, they'll be the one percenters. I'm pretty hype about that. Those will be pre-recorded. They're paid opportunities for members. So your membership can literally pay for itself. And their uh, one percenters are 15 minute lessons on something super focused. I was saying niche. I looked it up. Niche was the incorrect word. Author. Um, very focused topic. What is something that you could teach from beginning to end in 15 minutes and give three actionable, measurable takeaways that can be done within 24 hours? So 15 minutes is 1% of your day. It's so weird to me like that. Anyways, because 24 doesn't seem really dividey. But anyways, um, and the theory is if you do 100 of those lessons on focused topics that you're needing help with, in your business, your business at the end of those hundred days or whatever would be a hundred percent better. So that's the theory on that. And then monthly we'll have again, another paid opportunity for more in-depth workshop, one hour workshop, one for product-based businesses, one for service-based businesses. If we identify a need that both would benefit from and someone, you know, fills out the application, you know, that we would have for these, we're definitely down to add a third one where, you know, the everybody benefits um, education session and all of these go into our library. So if you can't make it live, they'll be within the library. So every month this membership becomes more and more valuable. Um, and then the final educational opportunity is starting in 2023, which just feels weird, but it'll be the Michael Jordan year. It's going to be great for everybody. Um, we will be doing quarterly masterminds. So um, I think that's the terminology that we're going with. And that's something where a member could teach it, or we, I might bring in someone who's already netting seven to eight figures annually. And it's a full day workshop. And the way that I do workshop is learn and do, learn and do, not sit there, make all these beautiful color coded notes and then never do something and feel like there's one more thing, one more loose end out there. So those are what we're planning as of now. If this membership reaches our year one goals in year two, we're going to start offering retreats and hopefully by then Rona has left the building. Um, she's the boss. I'm just radical acceptance. So those are the educational opportunities. And then the really good example I had this weekend I had seven grant opportunities that came my way that I am not qualified for. So with each of them, you know, I'm like rocking my daughter to sleep, trying to work in a car on the way home, whatever. I'm running through my mental Rolodex of who would qualify for this and forwarding it to them. That's not, that's nepotism unlocked, like not meaningfully, but it's like, how I'm getting these opportunities all day, every day. So we're going to have a designated space in place with these grant opportunities. There are several places that offer small business loans locally that have to give that money out. And they're having trouble finding people to, you know, 
give air quotes because you got to pay it back. But the interest rate is so low that it basically is free money. Um, they're having trouble finding people to give that money to. Okay. So we're going to, again, connect both parties as well as provide the education on how to land those grants and loans because the paperwork seems daunting and that's why most people don't even try. So those are the first two out of three ain't bad um, legs of the table. And then the third one is um, access to our incredible audience. I'm already selective about who can market on the Bulls of Durham. Um, and now this creates, you have to be a member in order to market to our audience and the membership itself really expands the way, you know, there's the whole difference between advertising, screaming at everybody, you know, and hopes you land a sale or two and marketing, serving your audience, two completely different things. And this membership now creates spaces where it's free for members to put a job posting. The month of September is fresh. We're a week plus into it. Mercury retrograde gets tomorrow. I've already come across 38 businesses that are hiring. Yeah, it's, yeah. Try it. Now we're recording. Um, it's pre-Mercury retrograde, but pray for us when you hear this because we'll be in the midst of it and a launch. Um, but at this time, we're a week into the month and I have 38 job opportunities that I'm trying to find a way to get the word out about it. that will now be free for members as long as it's living wages because it's hard out here and I love me some burning. Um, as long as it is a living wage job, you can share that with our incredible audience. And to me, that's pretty impactful as someone who's done hiring and it's, it is a challenge in this market right now. Um, I think people are a little bit more open to looking at opportunities from another angle with a recession looming, but um definitely to a whole audience that is into all, you know, rising tide floats all boats, a whole audience that's into an equitable future and being a part, an active part of building that. Those are a whole different type of employee than just casting your net out there and, and getting what you, getting what you get. So um, very, very excited about this membership. I, it feels within my purpose and it feels like this is exactly what Jeremy is asking for. I mean, yeah. it feels that way. I have 300 business owners who have told me that, but it feels like we're on the right path. I know. I know. This is getting really good. But I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. Whether you're a day one fan or day 100 fan, I'm so glad that you found Honey and Hustle and have decided to stick along for the ride. As a thank you, I wanted to give you a little gift that this show has so graciously given me. The ability to continue to connect with thought leaders, industry leaders, business owners, and other entrepreneurs, no matter where I am. Link offers a digital business card that is a natural extension of my website and social media platforms that allows me to easily send people to strategic landing pages so they can learn a little bit more about me, the resources I offer, and how we can continue to stay connected. When you click the link below in the description, you'll get 15% off any of their wearables, phone taps, and hopefully the last physical business card you'll ever need. When you do this, I get a little percentage back at no extra cost to you, which helps me continue to host guests and industry leaders so they can give you advice and help you crush the hustle. Thank you so much again for supporting the show and our show sponsor, Link. All right, let's get back into it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to touch on a couple of things. You just kind of unleashed all that is. Mm -hmm. uh, we work on Wednesdays. <laughs> on Wednesdays, we work. On Wednesdays, we work. Mm -hmm. uh, so that membership is something that we'll be launching at the time that you're hearing this now. 
But I really want to circle back to the gap between like when we spoke in 2020 and where we are now. Because I think Mm -hmm. there's two things that you kind of brought up that are very interesting. So over the pandemic, we've really noticed that people are very interested in remote work. Remote work works for a lot of people, specifically moms, mompreneurs. Um, It gives you a little bit more uh, time flexibility, schedule flexibility. Uh, Remote work allows you to work from potentially wherever you want. So closer to family, whether that's um, closer to your partner, uh, whatever that means for you. Um, So when you talk about really focusing on providing hyper-local employment opportunities, For people who are listening to this who may not be based in the triangle, that may be very discouraging, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. I don't think that the opportunities that you present are meant to be discouraging, but a large part of your success has been, how can I meet the audience that I have that is focused on the Bull City and not try to be everything for everyone across the triangle and beyond, right? So how has that feedback, have you had any feedback? on your kind of like even more so hyper-focus on the Bull City area that Mm -hmm. ramped up during the pandemic? Because I think there was an intense awareness and awakening that happened even in the small business community where people are like, oh, small businesses are the black bone of our community. Amazon doesn't care if their plant closes down, you know? Walmart doesn't care if one of their stores Mm -hmm. closes. They're going to be fine as a company. But that local business that closes during the pandemic may never come back. There's a very big difference between that and the money that gets spent in that local business is more likely to stay in that local economy, right? So there's a lot of layers to supporting local, providing local opportunities and really making local businesses more competitive in the job market. So can you talk to me about just kind of some of the feedback that you've gotten from small businesses as it relates to being competitive and trying to meet the needs of their their audience and their customers? A lot of the workshops and everything that I have done in the past have been open to anyone. In fact, there's a lot of things that I have done specifically for Durham that I've been able to, other markets have approached me because someone from Durham was like, hey, I took this workshop. Hey, I took this course from her and it's substantially helped me. Um, And so I've been pulled in, you know, Peoria, Illinois. I've been pulled into a couple of places in California. California is so big, my brain can't wrap its mind around it. And so it's not that what we're doing only works in Durham. I would say that the biggest feedback that I've had is how do we take what you're doing and recreate it in our community? Because our community needs this. Um, A friend texted me from California. She was frustrated trying to find a coffee house that was open before 7 a.m. on a weekend. I was like, this is, do you live in the bad place? I have questions. So, um, you know, she was just saying is what you're, what you're building would be so valuable to be able to check on my app and see who's open at 7am or in the nearby area. So I think it's, it hasn't been pushback. It's been more like, can you tell me how to do what you're doing so I can do this for my community? How can we replicate this in my community? How can we find somebody to replicate this in my community? So I don't think that our needs as far as finding employment and supporting local are unique. I think that the way we do community in Durham um, and throughout the triangle is really, really unique. One thing, um, eavesdropping is my hobby. When people like bowling, I go to dinner to listen to what other people are saying. Um, And I remember a friend took me to um, over to Raleigh. I was working on a project and he was like, you are done working for a minute. I removed, leave the laptop, 
you need a break. Have you slept? Have you eaten? Um, and so we went, it was, uh, gluten-free vegetarian, um, dumplings. And then it was at a coffee joint. So he's like food and coffee. This is what you live on. And while he was waiting for the food, I sat down to grab us a table. And I remember this couple was on a super awkward date. So I am already in their business. Like you wouldn't believe I probably was sitting way too close and just eavesdropping as much as possible. And I remember her saying she was graduating from state and she was trying, she wanted to stay in the triangle and she was trying to find the city that was the best fit for her because her job, she really could go anywhere in the triangle. And she's like, I love Durham's food and music scene, but their community, it's like force of community. It's too serious. And so I now I'm having to keep straight face, but like, even though force of isn't a word, like accurate scene attacked um because we it's not something that you can if you want to be in durham you can't really opt out because my choices of where i spend my money literally affect my neighbor there are four people in my apartment complex that are small business owners that i know on an individual basis so i know the choices that i make impact them I know that the gentleman that came to um, power wash my patio, because apparently that's not one of the things included in my luxury amenities. Um, I know that that team that came and did that, several of the people that live just in my building came and asked me for their number and how much did I pay. And so just the choices that I make, the ripple impact of doing that. Um, I think because we have a really robust entrepreneurial history and community, we get it on a different level. Like, oh, I could spend $38 on this bag of dog food and have it delivered to my door. I might need to do that this week. That might be the reality of my week. Or in a week when I have more time or a way that I could budget, or maybe I could buy it when I do have time and have it ahead of time, I can spend 10 more dollars, which is 25% more to buy it from a local joint because I know their kids because I know this bag of dog food is so much more than a bag of dog food. Does my dog know that? No, he's an idiot. But for me, it's being able to, I think live beyond the hype, like supporting local, you know, there's the shop local day once a year. There's, you know, I don't think a discount card is supporting local when you're asking businesses to, chip into their already narrow business margin. Um, I don't think that's supporting local at all. Now, do I think that it's feasible and affordable for everybody to do 100% of their budget local? Not in this day and age. I don't. Um, but can you take a look at your time and your resources and see how you could support local? I think there's a lot of things that are made right here in the triangle. Um, I just took an online quiz about that uh, was the coolest products made in North Carolina. And I was shocked. I'm like, that's made in North Carolina? Wait, that's made in Raleigh? That's made in Apex? That's made in Morrisville? That's made in Durham? And I didn't know that was, those were the ones that offended me. But there's, you can get your soap from Durham, your laundry detergent from Durham, your dog treats from Durham, um, clothing. Obviously, we will put Durham on any t-shirt you can find in any possible way. You can get the best coffee, in my humble opinion. And I did go to school in the Pacific Northwest for nutrition, so I know a bit about coffee. Um, you can get all that right here. So why go anywhere else? Time. 
Um, that's, that's a big one. And I do know as a business owner, you touched on this, um, employment, remote employment. I'm open to that, but I run an online company. I know how hard it is to find employees and to pay them well. Um, I think that that might be the hardest work that we do as business owners because one, we have, it, I can do it myself as a trauma response. Um, yeah, it's definitely a trauma response for entrepreneurs because <laughs> we've had to do it ourselves at 2 a.m. Um, or go without. So hiring is hard. Um, and I think for me, one thing that's really helpful is being able to share. So, you know, when we have our discussions within the membership, we're one of the first things we're going to touch on family meeting about hiring. It's hard. It's hard out here. What do you do when you get a limited candidate pool and you're choosing from the best of men, you know, or what do you do with, with work ethic? You know, what do you do when you're super short staffed and you have someone you cannot even get up? to show up for a really good paying job. So um, I see those as challenges that aren't unique to the triangle, but we have enough of those challenges here that we can address them and maybe be the example for others. So it's not my job to help everybody. It's my, you know, my city is my purpose and my daughter. So I'm very clear on that um, and very open to once we, once we've got kind of a replicable system, then maybe we can, package that up and bring more money into the bowl. And so I take that very seriously as well. But um, remote work, I don't, isn't going anywhere. Like I'm not even gonna say, I don't think it's not going anywhere. And for those that have brick and mortars, I think it's within their benefit to see what can be remote and how to still make those employees feel included and what absolutely has to be done in person. I think if at this point you don't know what could have been an email, you're not doing your job as an employer. Like if you don't, and there are times that just meeting in person, it's, you can't replicate some of the creative genius that comes out of an in-person meeting, but how about stop calling it a meeting and calling it a work session? Or how about setting the ex reasonable expectation that we're just going to run our mouths and bullshit for an hour and see what comes out of it. Might it be that you just feel better leaving this meeting? You know, like if you create a sustainable, scalable business, every second doesn't have to be revenue generating. Sometimes you can just pour into your employees, you know, or talking about <laughs> building that scalable business, you know, and understanding that's and sustainable Employee retreats, like the employee retention, you can have, oh my gosh, so your brain has all this space when you're not worried about keeping the lights on and you have a clear vision and someone's taught you how to do both. Those are learned skills and you start learning the language of running a business. Now you can have a three-day retreat where you pour into your employees as both human beings and human doings instead of just human doings and get to know them. And I think that's a key part of it. You know, if your vision plan for your business at this time, because there, there's always time, right? Until there's not. If it doesn't include building a company where your employees feel valued, where you have enough revenue that you can get them benefits, like that's in my five-year plan. 
work I'm doing today, I'm very clear on it, is so that I can have employees with paid time off. You need it, take it, without having to justify yourself making you know yourself feel five inches tall. They're gonna have health insurance, vision insurance, and dental insurance. And stair stepping that, you know, like, can I swing $15 a month for vision insurance for my employees? That's a stepping stone. So those one percenters, those monthly courses, those workshops are going to put that knowledge there about how to build that out or how to delegate, assess remote work. Because that's a problem. You don't know if you're employees are home doing this that and the other or if they're actually home doing the work are you making them feel underappreciated are you giving them work that's not meaningful so um i definitely think that we're building something here that's going to change the game and maybe those lessons can then be taken and put into another community but my priority isn't another community yeah um, and what you really kind of touched on there at the end is really just creating a work culture that works for your business, right? So mm-hmm. establishing the standard by which you are going to treat your employees, um, the way you're going to speak with your employees, the way that you're going to interact with your employees. I say employees, workers, maybe is a better word. Um, mm-hmm. But the people that you work with, you know, what does that relationship look like and how can you do that in an equitable and sustainable way? Um And I think I spoke about this in a previous episode, but I feel the need to reiterate that, like, in a large part, small business owners are also holding the torch and responsible for creating healthy work environments. Because I think a lot of this that we found over the pandemic is like a lot of people just quit because they hated their job. It wasn't that it wasn't a good job. It wasn't that they didn't allow them to pivot to remote work and stay remote workers. They just literally were like, I hate my job. And you know, bought into like, like get more money elsewhere. Maybe they can, if they can, that's awesome. Um, But the reality is sometimes it was never about the money. You know, they just did not like their job. Um, And there's no amount of money that can make a person stay if they don't like their job. Well, Mm -hmm. there might be some amounts, but not all amounts. (laughs) Um, So lastly, I think just going back to something you touched on as well, and this goes back to remote work, I guess, and really being in the age of the internet where everybody wants everything right now. We saw Amazon's like, you know, buyership grow exponentially because people are just like, wow, I don't have to leave my house. I can just order it online. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. in that sense, how do we, you know, when you're talking about creating work sections for service-based businesses and product-based businesses and finding a line where they intersect, I do think that having digital products or having a way to get their products online is like, a huge barrier that I think a lot of people are still working through because really there's more than one way to create a digital product. Um, a membership is a digital product in some ways, right? Creating an online mm-hmm. paid community, um, having literal PDF downloads or workshops or masterminds. Those are digital products, right? Um, and even just product-based business. There's so many people who have products, but they just didn't have a method to one, get them online in a way that people could buy them quickly or two, ship them in a way that, is fast enough for people to be okay with, right? So like mm-hmm. buying for small business owners, they do struggle with like, a lot of them can't do two-day shipping, right? That's just not a thing. We're not all mm-hmm. Amazon. We don't all have that kind of capacity and that kind right. of um, uh, business system already set up. So having to pivot to that, not even pivot, but just like add that as a part of your business to diversify 
your income streams has been a huge, 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 I think, realization that people have realized, like, even pandemic or not, this is something that I need to consider because this is a way for me to interact with people near and far, you know, even if you have a physical space or you're a service-based business owner, creating a knowledge bank or sharing your expertise in a way that is digitized for people who may not be able to come to an in-person workshop or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, or if you just don't feel comfortable speaking, maybe, you know, doing a digital product works for you, writing a book, doing a podcast, having a way that you can get out and engage with people in an online way is really important for a lot of people. Um, and I do believe if I remember correctly, before the pandemic, you did some workshops on like Instagram and on email mm-hmm. and how to make those accessible things for people to add to their service offerings as business owners. Can you talk a little bit about how you're going to bring that expertise to the workshop? Because Instagram and really any social media still very important for business owners. Mm-hmm. Email marketing, 10 times more important for business owners, right? Um, so how are you bringing yourself into these workshops as well? I'm happy for other people to get opportunities to teach their expertise, but you're also bringing an incredible amount of yourself. I am, and I also bring my network. So when we talk about beyond the Bull City, that's why I'm saying the monthly and or quarterly and the annual might be from um, outside of my network. For example, for this launch, I hired the best launch company in North America. Why? Because I've done launches before and I've never seen the results that I wanted. So what can I do differently? Hire somebody who knows exactly what to do and get out of their way. Um, There is, for me, it's creating a lot of those one percenters, especially at the get, you know, will be me. Um, live workly work sessions that also go into that library that don't have the cute monthly name or whatever. It's I'm seeing this need. I'm getting asked for this family meeting. That's might be what they're called. Um, and having those discussions, but I'm also asking consumers. So one of the intakes for the consumers for the free membership is what would make it easier for you to support local? And the challenges that they're seeing paired with the expertise of the business owners coming in, you know, for example, I needed a chair repaired and just to have, you know, the fabric washed and or replaced, I would have to single mom running a company, load up the car on a day that works for them, drive to the back of their house, drop it off, chat with them, go back to work. Like I only paid $50 for the chair. So if it's going to take four hours of my time to pay you $100 to fix this chair, I'm just going to put a you know, $10 pillow on it and call it a day. Like, the, you know, those kinds of barriers. Now, if you knew that you're, the way that you do, you're running your business, so maybe you need a website where somebody can schedule their drop-off. If you know that, hey, my customers are busy. They're reaching out to me for my expertise. They might not have the time and it doesn't mean anything about them or about me or our relationship for them to get curbside delivery. You know, we, I run it out to the car, they go home, the screaming kid in the background has the food. We good. Or the chair is dropped off. They know when to come pick it back up because they get a text. So how can this whole membership is a great example. How can I take me and automate it and still have a compassionate way about me and a way about how I do my business. Um, 
a lot of times it's the bandwidth of, I don't know how to do it. I assume I can't afford it. Those are, those are two big barriers holding people back from running a business that makes them so much money that they don't know what to do with. I, I see that again and again and again. If I could have had someone run that chair over and then got an assessment by email and then paid it on my phone, great. And come pick it up at my leisure or pick it up, have someone else come pick it up. All of a sudden, I don't care that I just spent $200 on a $50 chair because it didn't take my time that I'm not getting back. If it's taking time for my business or time for my kid, it's a no for me. So how can other business owners that maybe, and it's, we can say it's generational all we want and there's data to substantiate that, but it's not a boomer problem. There are people that are a generation younger than me that are making life and business harder than it has to be um, because they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. That doesn't make you a bad person. Um, And so how can we, me, I have data. I have all this data. Instead of me teaching what's on my heart that week or whatever, I can say, hey, consumers need you to have a user-friendly website. Consumers need you to run it out to their car. This is what I have 500 people saying that they would shop with your specific type of business if you would do this. Or it's the awareness of the business, too. And, and how can you how can you work in your business or on your business if you're always in your business? And so teaching that balance. All of these are learned skills. Two years ago when we talked, I didn't know how to do any of this. I had, I have to do it myself down to an art. I was a living trauma response, you know, being self-employed for so long, um, being Middle Eastern in America, you name it. I was a living trauma response, but I was exposed to knowledge and community where learning this was what we did. And so in a way that's given me a really good foundation. And then I have all this local, I have 319 years of Durham running around in my head, you know, and I can say for a fact that entrepreneurship made Durham entrepreneurship is Durham. If we lose our small businesses here, we lose Durham. That's our legacy. So yes, it happened to be tobacco there for a minute, but now we fix that and we've got, you know, medicine helping with lung cancer. We need the small businesses here. We need that dopeness that's in people's head to be able to digitalize it and get it to the masses. I don't think people realize when they have these ideas that we need those ideas. So you can't services, you know, like getting your hair did. Although I did see an influencer say that she had an online haircut I'm not about that life, but I, I, what I feel like is you got walked through a haircut, which I think more than one drunken girlfriend interaction has happened before to lay the foundations for that. But um, not everything can be digitalized, but the pathways to you and your bank account can be. That, I think, is very important. And everybody, I truly believe that everybody has knowledge you can't be on this, you know, spinning rock for 30 years, 25 years, 40 years, 65 years, and not have something so valuable up in your head that other people don't need it. 
You can't. That's impossible. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, and so having those pathways sometimes and many times the biggest barrier is, I don't know where to start. Well, welcome to Durham. I don't know is your starting point and you've got your endpoint. Let's go. And, and I think that having those courses, you know, for me, it's saying, you know what? I realize that there's people out there that all they do is Instagram. That's all they do. And they're making seven figures. So why don't I call my girl over here and she can come teach you? Why don't I be the friend that hooks you up? That might be the way that my gifts and my knowledge, I, my knowledge base or my gift or my zone of genius that I didn't see, but I've been doing since forever. Like literally the kid that solved the problem within the family by calling everybody and, and putting you know this seed over here to grow and this seed over there to grow is I connect people all the time, all the time. Three times today before I got in the car at 7.30 to go get the darn dog. So um, maybe that's the way that my gifts and my genius play out is, oh, hey, I know so-and-so over here. She could not only teach Instagram in this whole new, you've got to do all these videos and do all these dances or whatever it might be. Maybe she'd have less attitude about it too because she's passionate about it, but she can teach that in a way that maybe the 65-year-old business owner can say, is this for me? Is this my only avenue to revenue? Do I maybe like this? Because what I, I mean, there are, I follow a 94 year old grandma who is an Instagram sensation. So you can't, you know, so will it find my audience? I think that's, you know, helping them answer those more important questions. But I think where my genius really plays out here in the way that I like hooking people up. I love, love, love being the person that says, you know, when somebody calls and asks a question or emails or texts me and be like, you know what, call my boy, call my girl over here, call my friend over here. You know what? I got just who's, they're going to give you a call in about 20 minutes, be available. I love being that person. And now I've digitalized that. So if I can digitalize being a plug, I think that most things that people offer could be digitalized. I mean, I think you're... You have video genius. If you ask me how to plan out a video, I'd be like, talk to my girl, Angela. Like that, that would be my answer, you know? So, you know, a way that do you want to digitalize that? How can you take your genius and put a package on it and get money while you sleep in a way that uplifts other people and makes them feel like, oh, I could do this just because I haven't done it before. That's a huge barrier for people. I'm 40. I've always wanted to do this, but I don't know how. Well, that's great. You got your starting point and time's going to pass either way. So why don't you learn how? And then you can be the 41-year-old videographer sensation that's blowing up the internet because you had access. Did I answer your question or go around it? I'm good at both. You're absolutely answering my question. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you hanging out with me. I love seeing this bull photo in the back. It just really that's gives me life. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so uh, for people who are watching, today is the launch day for On Wednesdays We Work, which is Shayla's newest offerings with the Bulls of Durham. I am going to link somewhere uh, my link for you to check it out. I would love to hear your feedback. And Shayla, where can they find you? As if they don't, don't already know, but where can they find you online or the Bulls of Durham? Uh, yeah, we um, are focused on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram namely. Everything is the Bulls of Durham and our website is thebullsofdurham.com. So the the has to be in there, but everywhere we are, it's the Bulls of Durham. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Thank you.